and welcome to the Talent Intelligence Podcast. We are recording episode five today and we are joined by Ida Matheson from HBK. Hi Ida, how are you doing today? Hi Claire, I'm good thanks, how are you? I am doing very well. The sun is shining in Glasgow, which it hasn't been for the last few days, so <laughs> pretty pleased. Um, you have just come back from a week's holiday, how was that? I have. It was beautiful. So managed to go traveling, which is a, a luxury that I think uh, we've all been missing a little bit. So I spent a week in Croatia sailing around there. So uh, the, the Danish summer can't quite compete with the weather. It's raining a little bit more here, but uh, it was nice to get a week off and just completely log off from, from everything and go offline. How, how was yours? You've just come back as well, haven't you? I have. Yeah, I just did the North Coast 500, which was Beautiful. Um, for once, it was sunny the whole week, so I have um, I have quite a lot of burnt bits, which is <laughs> which is not likely for a holiday in Scotland, to be honest. So yeah. So are you all ready to get stuck back into work? You've been back for a few days now. Does it feel like you've never been away? Yeah. No. It's it's incredible how quickly you sort of get get back to it. So it's um back back to back to daily life. Uh, but it's lovely. It's lovely to keep a little bit busy and, and kind of see everything we've got going and kind of plans for the end of the year as well get going on those. So it's exciting times at the moment. So I'm happy to be back. Definitely. It's coming up fast, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, Ida, we have spoken a few times in the past. Um, you know, HBK and Solutions Driven work together quite regularly. So we've ended up having um, a few conversations and and in those conversations, there's been a couple of things that have come up and things that you've said that, that interested me. And I thought, Do you know what? It's a good idea. Let's get Ida on the Talent Intelligence podcast. Um, so the first of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is you have quite an interesting background at HBK. Um, <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit about you know, how you joined the the kind of the situation around that time? Yeah, so um, I was working on the other side as an agency recruiter. Um, and then I was contacted by the head of talent acquisition, HBK, end of 2019. Yeah. And uh, at the time I was living in London, but I was kind of looking to, to get back to Denmark a little bit. And it just seemed like a really interesting fit. So moved in February. 2020 uh, where I started and it all went a little bit quickly and you know obviously uh, in those times we said you know that's fine I'll pack a suitcase I'll come back in a month and get the rest of my things and uh, that flight to get my things was uh, booked for 24 hours after Europe shut down so it was a bit of a whirlwind to to come in and then you know from a HBK perspective um, it was quite early in our merger phase, so there was still a lot of changes going on there, a lot of uh, sort of cultural integrations that, that we were working on. So it was a really exciting time. Uh, a lot happened uh, kind of during that. And now we're really in the space where we've settled a little bit more and can really focus on kind of our ongoing growth, which is which is really fun as well, actually. Yeah. Did you ever end up going back to get your things that were in London? I did in in September. Uh, so <laughs> there was there was a lot of laundry in the meantime, a lot of trips to H and M to to get something to kind of survive in between. Uh, but yes, I did manage to get back and and now have all of my things. So. 
good. I'm glad there was nothing particularly urgent in there. Um, so when you when you started at HBK, obviously you actually started, and then not long after you moved into a more senior role. So you moved into the current role that you're in as talent acquisition lead. How did how did you manage that kind of joining remotely and going straight into a promotion? How was that? Um, it. I mean, it, it was really exciting and it kind of came a little bit naturally. You know, one of our, well, two of our values actually is aim high and also own it. And that's something that I identify with quite a lot. So I'm the kind of person where if I see something that can be improved or that we can do better, mm -hmm. I will naturally speak up about it. I will naturally volunteer to kind of get something done about it. So luckily I had really supportive management that encouraged me to also do that. And then from that point, it just got a little bit natural that I would then be focusing more on those types of overarching improvement projects and, and kind of get the, the title that, that comes with it, I guess. So it was, it was a combination of right place, right time, and, and then just a, a good fit between my management and, and my own approach, really. Yeah. Um, hopefully we are if not coming to the end of all of this, we're coming to the beginning of the end of all of this. However, there are quite a lot of people that are still on board and remotely. You know, there's lots of companies that are um, ramping up. They're, you know, they're, they're looking to grow in the next part of the year. So there'll be people that are in the position now that you were in a year and a half ago. You know, I think we'd, you'd said before that you're no expert on this, but do you have any advice for anyone who's currently in that position on the candidate side? Yeah, so, I mean, we, we kept hiring throughout the, the pandemic uh, and, and throughout the past year. We, we just couldn't afford to put it all on hold. But obviously, uh, we did kind of have to adapt, especially, like you say, the, the onboarding process. And I think my key piece of advice would just to make sure that you set up specific one-to-ones with any kind of key stakeholders because we need to remember that you don't get the chats by the coffee machine or the joint lunches in the same way and to really feel integrated is just quite important to then have you know it can just be half an hour or something like that just to really get to know someone on a personal level mm -hmm. so that you can actually get that bond as well and what we've actually found interestingly has been that people can connect on a slightly deeper level because when you do meet each other in the office, you don't necessarily have the same time to really go into detail. So that's actually been been really positive and something that I think we'll we'll take into the future, regardless of how that will look. But you know, definitely for for any new employee or any candidate, make sure that you set aside some time to to speak to your new colleagues so that you still feel part of the company and and part of the team in the same way you would if you were to start fully on site. Yeah, and I guess that's also good advice for people who are working in kind of global companies like HBK, where you're not necessarily going to meet a lot of the people that you work with day to day. So it is important to connect online. Yeah, exactly. You know, one one of my closest colleagues that we speak to, I mean, we speak together daily. He's based over in the UK and we've, we've actually not met yet because we've not been able to travel. Uh, but, you know, we, we just feel like we know each other so well now. So it's uh, it's interesting, but it's good that we now have the tools to actually be able to to do that um, in, in a different way compared to just a couple of years ago, really. Yeah, definitely. So the recruitment market at the moment, Ida, is it's busier than ever. You know, there's lots of movement, lots of people are changing jobs. We personally hear from a lot of businesses that, you know, candidates are ghosting them almost at the, the, the final stages of interviews or in 
across the industry it's happening there's just a lot going on so obviously you are in an industry that is um you know pretty pretty fast moving um can you tell me a little bit more about what hbk does and also just how you found the kind of fast moving market at the moment yeah yeah so um kind of on a, on a very high level what we do is we provide test measurement equipment and services uh, mainly to uh, industrial companies uh, within automotive aerospace or, or some bigger kind of infrastructure projects and our products and, and kind of our knowledge is typically used in either the R&D phase of, of their own production or kind of end of line product testing. So it actually spans quite wide. Um, we, we have, you know, a, a massive product portfolio and a lot of different services that, that we can offer. Um, but mainly we're talking engineering types of, of profiles that, that we really focus on. And you're right it's been it's been an interesting year i think for everyone but but especially for for recruiters and you know it's it's been a journey um overall i'm i'm happy to say that we've got some brilliant people in uh for sure not without your help um but we've definitely seen a trend of um increased offers um so kind of more processes at once but also in particular a lot of counter offers you know you can really tell that companies are very keen to to retain their talent and you know you hear stories of, of people handing in their their resignation and and you know almost being offered whatever they want just to to keep them because i think every company is is hyper aware of of just how how tough it is at the moment and and what a candidate short market it is so th there's been a few few ups and downs but uh, but so far so good i'd say we we've done quite well Good, especially in an industry like engineering, um, which is, you know, at the moment, it, it, it is crazy. It's really busy. Yeah. I know that we work quite a lot in, in kind of STEM, uh, across STEM recruitment, and, and we know that engineering is like, it's a problem area for people at the moment. So it's good to hear that, you know, HBK is, is kind of riding that wave quite well. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about quite recently to quite a lot of clients is the idea of agility um, in in recruitment and and not just you know last year we were talking about agility in terms of um, hiring remotely and doing remote interviews but as the as the years went on and, and as things have gotten so much busier people have just had to change the way that they've been recruiting has there anything have you found that within your own role and and i guess how has that affected you yeah um so so i think there's been a few things the first thing that you mentioned like you say is is the remote working uh, you know we can be a lot more flexible now we tend to have more of a work from anywhere approach where we target time zones rather than locations. Unfortunately, this is obviously not possible for, for every position. Sometimes a certain equipment that may be needed, but, but if you're in a global role anyway, and you have reports all over the world, then really, if we can then help have uh, an employee who gets a better work-life balance because they can pick up their children or they can be at home when the electrician has to come around and so on yeah. if we can support them in that way and then get the right person in then that benefits both parties so that's something we've really been focusing on a lot but also you know the the, the pace of our recruitment process we've really had to look at and really try to see 
how can we be as efficient as possible because there are so many other opportunities out there so we've tried to to adapt a, a, a little bit there and and you know because we are in the phase that we are where we are growing and there's a lot of kind of new opportunities arising um, we've sometimes also been able to maybe adapt at, at the positions, tweak them a little bit to actually fit what the candidate wants. So we're not just hiring them for, for this role, but also taking their long term ambitions into account and, and making sure that we can actually also live up to that. Yeah. Because I think, you know, one, one of the key aspects that, that, that we have to consider as recruiters is this integrity and honesty piece. And making sure that, you know, we can actually live up to what we promised during an interview process. It's not just up to the candidate. So there, there's been a few things that we've kind of tried to to improve on a little bit. I think there's always more you can do. And, you know, sometimes the process does take a long time and, and there's nothing you can do about that. Um, but we are kind of consistently trying to audit ourselves uh, to see how we can do something better next time whether it's been a, a successful recruitment or, or not to be honest and it's that idea that currently it's not you know the the candidate isn't just one being interviewed it's a two-way interview just now because the candidates are so in demand so yeah absolutely yeah. um and you know in terms of that ability to move quickly and you know um that 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 agility how has that worked with you obviously work with outside recruitment partners you know ourselves included how has that worked with your recruitment partners have you managed to kind of pull them into your new way of working as well i i think it's worked really well uh we've got kind of um a, a small group of recruitment partners that know us quite well and, and where we've really established a, a very strong relationship mm -hmm. You know, as, as I mentioned kind of at the, at the start, I'm from that world myself. I've been on the other side of the table and I really appreciate that we are hiring you guys for your service and for your expertise. And the best way for you to be able to help us is for us to really have just open communication and, and for it to be more of sort of a partnership and in, an advisory kind of relationship rather than a, a supplier client relationship where you're just expecting cvs because you know it is it is people we're dealing with like you said there are many things that we need to consider here so by keeping those open lines of communication and and supporting where i can and then giving you guys everything you need to to do sort of your piece of the job it's it's actually worked really really well yeah yeah and that's that is a, a val very valid point that you've got there is that you know, in this industry, it is all about people and it's about being able to understand each other's perspectives and, and, and work together rather than rather than expecting everything to almost run as a machine. You know, it's it's a give and take and making sure that everyone gets the right outcome at the end, including including, you know, your new employee. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in our past conversations, Ida, you know, a few of them have been about diversity um, and it's obviously, you know, it's a it's a passion topic for you from what I can tell. You're really, really into that side of things and, and it's a big point in, in your career. So obviously, from what I can tell, engineering itself is quite a male dominated industry. Um, I, I take it that the, the specific industry that HBK is in is quite, is quite male dominated as well. What does the gender divide look like um, within your particular sector? 
it is definitely still male dominated. I think, especially when you look at the sort of more senior levels, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of our um, division directors, uh, she mentioned herself that when she did her, I think it was her PhD, she was the only woman um, in the kind of whole course of, you know, about 100 people. And that was only, what, maybe 20, 30 years ago. Um, so we've come a long way, but obviously I think there, there is kind of a lot more development to to come within this. And, and that's also where it has to come from the businesses as well and from the private sector. It is really up to us and, and our colleagues in, in other engineering companies to, to help that growth and help increase the, the diversity within our organisations and the industry as a whole. Definitely, and that's obviously something that that um that that, that you've been doing within HBK. Um, tell, can you tell me a little bit more about what HBK as a business is is doing to improve the diversity internally? Yeah, for sure. So I think there's there's kind of two aspects when we talk about diversity and inclusion within talent attraction, and and that's the fact that. Yes, we we can do a lot within the talent attraction piece, but then also how can we then retain that talent and make sure that we have this kind of inclusive environment so so they actually also stay. So we sort of approached both sides of that. So when we sort of look at the actual recruitment piece, um, it's also supported very much by our executive management. So um, Joe Vori, who's our CEO, you know, he actually requires of all of his employees to provide a a diverse final shortlist for any position and we will not move forward with any hire unless we we either have that we have solid kind of evidence as to why we've not been able to to fit that bill because it it's just not feasible to say that diverse talent isn't out there and I think it makes sense from from an ethical perspective but also from a business perspective to have this kind of cognitive diversity within your team so it's something that he really feels feels very strongly about we've also tried to well we're trialing at the moment to do some case-based recruitment approaches so rather than sending your cv and your cover letter we actually have a case um to evaluate on there and then after that we then start seeing people's backgrounds and so on and it's still very early um so i've not quite seen the results yet but i'm really excited about that and i'm hoping that's something that we can uh improve on and 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 kind of uh, use more in in the market as well but that's kind of what we do specifically within uh the interview process but then there's a much larger piece um yeah but what we're also working on is kind of the increased collaboration with networking groups and societies for, and universities because, you know, like what we spoke about earlier with, with sort of the gender divide, it is improving a lot at the sort of earlier stages. So if we can yeah. support these new graduates coming into the job market, then that can also help us. And then actually the, the Spectrus group, which is part of the group that, that well, HPK is part of, um, they have also appointed a group head of STEM strategy whose job it is to increase this outreach, not just for HBK, but also for our other affiliate companies. So we're trying to really look at the the attraction piece in a very holistic way, seeing what specific initiatives can we change right here, right now, but also what can we do in sort of the bigger picture and how can we sort of improve in the longer term as well. But then when you then look at the, the retention piece, you know, once we then have them within the organization, what can we then do to keep this inclusive environment? And 
one of the things we've done there is we set up company-wide group calls um, for different minorities just to create a safe space and you know they're not compulsory to attend and you can you know you don't have to RSVP or anything but it's just for people to be able to to speak with their peers and for us to also find out well what can we do better so it kind of started as part of pride month uh, so we've done it with some of our lgbtq plus colleagues but that's something that we're also really building on so we can actually listen to the people that that are really affected by this because you know it's very difficult for for someone if, if you're not part of a certain community or you're not part of a certain demographic you know then to assume what it is that that you should be doing really you know that should be coming from from the people and and from kind of the different groups so that's really what we're trying to focus on a lot is listening to people um again joe he himself he's actually being mentored by by someone who is um out to find out how can he be a better ally um both as a leader but also just as a person and really taking that initiative to to find out okay well well what can i do that's something that we're trying to establish throughout the whole organization and it's been incredible just how supportive um, all employees have have been on it and in really creating this inclusive environment that's excellent so it sounds as though it comes from a board level downwards but also you're almost reverse mentoring upwards as well would that be right yeah absolutely and you know a lot of these initiatives that we're working on now they they have come from employees that have just said hey you know what can we do about this and and how can we be better and i think you know that's one of the key things is creating an environment where you know the the board or senior management they will listen and they will support those ideas but they will not dictate how something should be done and i think if you can have a, a place of work where people do feel comfortable to go you know straight to people that are maybe two three management levels up and say hey i've got a great idea and actually feel that they're then being listened to and that's being receptive i think that that is really the first key step to to ensure that we do have an inclusive work environment yeah definitely you had mentioned just um quite early on in in, in that answer about um you know, providing evidence um, as to why you couldn't hire diversely. Um, and it, it might feed into the next question a little bit, but is that something that you require from your outside partners as well? Absolutely. It's in all of our contracts. Um, so that's a, a non-negotiable part of all of our contracts with our recruitment providers, mm -hmm. um, where we say, you know, it, it has to be possible. And I think especially in the engineering world um historically there may have been um somewhat of an attitude within the industry to say well you know we all know that it's a specific demographic that that is within this market so you can't expect us to find out as candidates and i think now you know we we can sort of use our position as a client to say no actually we can and we will and you know we, we don't go forward with interview stage unless we we have a good diverse shortlist and you know don't get me wrong we also expect these candidates to be qualified and they all are um you know it, it's not a case of saying okay well now we have some, a, a tick boxing exercise you know you've got your your three viable candidate and then 
you know, a, a diverse one because that's what you asked for. You know, in that case, we do say no. Um, we we have to go back to to the start, and you know, we have lost some candidates because of that because the process has then taken a little bit longer. And I know that's somewhat counterintuitive to to what I said earlier about us trying to speed up the process. <laughs> but I think you know, this is just something that is is too important to to compromise on. And if that means that uh, a recruitment process is going to be a little bit more complicated or take a little bit longer, then, then so be it. Because unless we take a stand, then I don't think we can expect any real change in, in the industry as a whole, to be honest. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, and I think that in the last few podcasts, I have spoke about diversity or, you know, we have spoke about diversity because it's it's something that the HR and talent leaders, it's obviously on their, their mind continually. And I think that has been one of the main thrusts of this is people saying we need to take accountability and we need to stop diversity being the thing that we compromise on. It needs to be the thing that we don't compromise on. So it sounds as though that is very much the case at HBK um, and with your partnerships. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel lucky to be in a company where it's not just coming from HR. You know, I have hiring managers contacting me. And before I even mention anything, they say, right, I am very aware of the demographic diversity within my team. I want to change that. So, you know, it actually comes from from the business as a whole. Um, and I mean, I, I think this is really... The, the only way to go, uh, you know, so so while I was away last week, I, I read a book by someone called Matthew Syed, it's called Rebel Ideas, oh, yeah. and he really explains or gives some very good arguments as to, you know, why it just makes good business sense and, and why businesses perform better if you have this kind of cognitive diversity, and obviously that often goes hand in hand with, with the demographic piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd really encourage anyone who's in any kind of hiring position to to read uh, his book or similar books because I think it, it can really change your your approach to hiring and your kind of attitude of well w- what is the right candidate and and you know what is it that that I'm actually looking for here yeah I'll put the link to that in the episode description below um, yeah. and so if anybody wants to get that book and follow up on uh, your your holiday reading um, <laughs> that would that would be great <laughs> um, I guess one final question from me and that is we spoke a lot about what HBK does and, and what you require your partners to do what about other suppliers in other areas of your business is that something? Is diversity something that you bake into other things aside from the direct recruitment? It, it's something that we're actually looking into how we can best do it now. Um, and again, uh, that just came organically from somebody who, who works in our supplier team that heard about the work we're doing in recruitment and said, "Hey, why don't we apply this to to all of our suppliers?" So. We, we have an extremely complex supply chain, so we're trying to work out how can we, we best do it. Yeah. But um, I am working quite closely together with them so that we can actually also audit any kind of product supplier on their own diversity and inclusion, but also what they are doing towards it, um, you know, to, towards improving it and, and kind of their, their own ethical approach to, to work. And it's definitely going to be something that is going to be a key part of choosing our supplier partners in, in the future as well. That's fantastic. A, a full circle um, approach there from HPP. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Ida, I think that we have covered most of uh, the, 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 the topics that we had planned to cover today. Is there anything else that, that you want to discuss or anything that you want to impart any advice to the audience or? Um, no, I think it's it's been brilliant chatting to you about it. I think maybe just the, the, the final point from my side uh, is that the way I see it and the way I see the market, I mean, this focus on diversity, it is here to stay. And all I would encourage people to to do is is continue focusing on it and seeing what they can do in a professional level but also as a person to to kind of be more inclusive there because I, I don't think that this is a, a topic that's going to disappear anytime soon. No I, def I definitely think that you're correct there um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today thank you so much um, and I am sure that as we always do we will be chatting soon in some way shape or form. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye-bye.